Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Well, my name is David. I'm one of the pastors here. For those of you who are new, we are just uh, so excited about what God is going to do today. Amen? Are you excited? I believe that the Lord has something special for us that he wants to, um, to do in our hearts today. I, I don't know um, if you're like me, uh, there's been times in my life where I, I've come to a certain, uh, whether it's cultural or just uh, a, a, an awareness thing, and, and sometimes you feel like you might have a better relationship with someone than you thought that you did. And you find out that it wasn't as good as you thought when you ask them for something. Has anyone ever experienced that before? Right? You're like, oh, hey, would you mind, would you mind doing this for me? And they're like, uh, okay. You know, you're like, I just, I just crossed a line that I wasn't supposed to cross. And, and I think... You know, probably uh, all of us have, have been there before where maybe you've, you've asked something of someone or maybe you, uh, you didn't think it was, you were really making a big request, but when, when it came to it, you asked that person and the person thought that it was a big request. Well, I want to tell you something. That will never happen with God. You, you will never, amen, praise the Lord, right? That will never happen with God. You will never find yourself in a situation where you ask something of God and he says, that's big. <laughs> you, you won't. You never will. But you know, we, we all know this theologically, or at least those of us who have been serving the Lord and have, have been reading our, uh, have read the word for a little while, you can come to the conclusion that, that God is not overwhelmed by our request, but I found that we can know something, but oftentimes there's, there's barriers that keep us from operating in truth that we mentally know, but have a hard time experiencing personally. Have you, have you noticed that? Sometimes you can know something, but just because you know something, it doesn't mean that you're able to walk in it. And today, I want to talk about something that I believe that God wants us to walk in. Not just to know about, not just to believe theologically or theoretically. God wants us to walk in, and that is favor. God wants us to walk in favor. You know, when Jesus was on the earth, the Bible says that he grew in favor with God and man. And if that's the case for Jesus, I think that that should be the case for us. We should continue to grow in favor with God and with man. And, and I just, I believe that there's a lot of things that God wants to do that are in his heart to do. There's things that he wants to see uh, take new life. There's places that he wants us to go personally. 
There's barriers that he wants us to overcome. There's challenges and there's even uh, all sorts of, whether it's a financial issue, whether it's a, uh, whether it's a, a relational issue, whether it's just a calling issue, there's all sorts of new ground that God wants us to walk in, that he wants us to operate in. And I believe that he's waiting for us to come to the place where we say, God, I'm expecting this from you. And I don't have a problem asking you for it. You know, I, I believe that revival is coming to Chicago. Do you believe that? And um, it's... It's, you know, you hear, you hear stories about what, like what Tommy just shared about, like the, there's, the youth are getting saved, and uh, which, by the way, is more of a miracle than you realize, because if you have how many, 12 or 15 young men in a cabin, it's a miracle that any spiritual conversation took place at all, <laughs> much less that they gave their lives to Jesus, and so, you know, God is on the move, right? And, and we're, we are... We're watching and seeing things take place, and I believe that God, he wants to do more. He wants to do more, and I believe that the revival that God wants to bring here, it will be marked by how much we're willing to ask for. And so it's very important. What we're talking about today is not just, oh yeah, I should, you know, I should think better. We we have a line, and we will not be able to cross into some of the things that God wants to do and some of the things that God wants to give us until we firmly understand, believe, and operate in favor. Let's, I, wanna, I wanna read this passage to you, and then I wanna pray for us that the Lord would help us uh, to really embrace this. Joshua 15, verse 13 through 19 says this, in accordance, well, you know what, actually, before I read that, let me set it up a little bit here. Uh, Joshua uh, is a book about the people of Israel coming out of exile in Egypt and coming into the promised land, the land that God told the people of Israel, I'm going to give you this as an inheritance. The book of Joshua is about the people of Israel going conquering and settling the land that God promised them. And Joshua and Caleb, you might remember uh, from the book of Exodus, were the only, remember there was 12 spies that went into the promised land, right? And, and those 12 spies, they went in, they scoped out the land, and they all came back, and there was only two spies that had a good report. The other 10 spies, they said, the land is great, it's so good, but there's giants there. There's all sorts of problems, there's all sorts of hindrances, and you know what? God, he's just brought us out here to kill us. But Joshua and Caleb, they saw a different perspective. They went in and they said, no, God promised us this land, so we're gonna go in, and if God promised something to us, that means when we go in, we're going to be able to take it over. And so Joshua and Caleb, we, we are seeing now, this is, this is after wandering in the desert for 40 years, Joshua and Caleb are the only two people alive from that generation. 
They are going in as older men with the strength of young men, taking over the promised land. And so we see this story is, is about Caleb receiving the inheritance that was promised him. So let's look in verse 13. In accordance with the Lord's command to him, Joshua gave to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, a portion in Judah, Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron. Arba was the forefather of Anak. And for those of you who don't know, Anak um, was the, the descendants, uh, uh, they were giants. So remember uh, Goliath? He was a descendant of Anak. So from Hebron, Caleb drove out the three Anakites, Sheshai, Ahiman, and Talmai, the sons of Anak. You know, nothing like going in and conquering three towns run by giants at 80 years old. Praise God. <laughs> Caleb was no joke. From there, he marched against the people living in Debir, formerly called Kiriath Sefer. And Caleb said, I will give my daughter Aksa in marriage to the man who attacks and captures Kiriath Sefer. You know, there's something beautiful about that. Because Caleb said, I want to give the next generation the opportunity to be victorious. And so, verse 17, Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's brother, took it. So Caleb gave his daughter, Aksa, to him in marriage. One day, when she came to Othniel, she urged him to ask her father for a field. When she got off her donkey, Caleb asked her, what can I do for you? She replied, do me a special favor. Since you have given me land in the Negev, give me also springs of water. So Caleb gave her the upper and lower springs. Let's pray. Jesus, we want you to change the way that we look at you. And we want to see you for who you really are. I just pray, oh God, Lord, even as we read this word, Lord, as we hear your word preached, oh God, Lord, change our hearts. Allow our hearts to be open to what you want to do. Do something new in us. Do something new in our church. Do something new in our city, oh God. Lord, we want to see the supernatural abundance of God flowing all around us, Lord. We want to see the supernatural power of God released in our lives. And I pray, oh God, Lord, you said that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Lord, we pray that as we hear the word of God today, impart faith to us. We ask for it, oh God, knowing that when we ask for it, we will receive it. So God, we thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. You know, walking in faith, there's, um, there's a couple of different ways that you can actually operate in faith. And uh, there's not necessarily a, a, a hierarchy to the things that I'm gonna go over, nor is this list exhaustive, but I wanna show you a couple of different ways um, that people operated in faith, even just from this passage. And I think that um, the three ways that I'm gonna show you very quickly are, are going to, to help us to understand 
how we interact with God and how, how we receive things from God. So you could put that up there. The, here's three types of faith. Caleb believed on a promise. God, God told Caleb and Joshua, you're gonna receive the land. And, and when you go in, I'm gonna give you the grace and the courage, the strength, and everything that you need to go and to conquer these people and to take over what I promised to you. And so Caleb and Joshua, they went, not only did they spy out the land and come back with a a faith-filled report based on a promise, but they also went in and they took over the land based on a promise. But then Othniel, okay, this is a future son-in-law of Caleb, Othniel believed on a condition. You see, Othniel said, hey, I can receive Aksa is my wife if I go and attack this land and take over this town. Sometimes God operates with us in different ways. Sometimes God, he just makes a promise to us and that promise, there's something that we just have to believe. We just have to say, okay God, you said that you're gonna do this. I'll, I'll take that, I'll take you at your word and I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe that I'm going to receive what you've promised to me. Sometimes he does that, and then sometimes God says, if you do this, I will do this. And here, Othniel is operating in that mode. He's saying, well, I know that I'm going to be rewarded with this town and with a wife if I go and I take over this town. And so sometimes we believe based on a condition of what God enables us to accomplish. And then finally, Aksa, we see in this story, she was operating on a different realm. Aksa believed on favor. You see, Aksa, the daughter, she was willing to ask because it was her dad. You see, Aksa, she said, I'm not taking over a town. I don't need to do that. My dad did already. Aksa came into a relationship even with her husband, uh, Othniel, and, and she, was, she was fully confident that her dad was going to give her everything that she needed. I can imagine, you know, growing up, uh, the kind of life that Aksa lived was probably a life where uh, uh, a good amount of honor and, 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 and respect was given to her family because Caleb was the only elder, <laughs> minus Joshua. Everyone else was gone. And he was the only one that was full of faith uh, along with Caleb. He wasn't the only one. Him and Caleb were the, were the only ones that believed God even when the scenario didn't look so good. And so you can imagine that Aksa is saying, hey, you know, my dad, he's got it taken care of. He has things all lined up. And so I want to look here and I want to I see. Today I want to focus on faith by favor. And I want to look at How can we operate in the same thing? Here's the thing that I want all of us to remember. And this is, if you don't remember anything else that I said, go back to this passage and then remember this. Favor takes ownership 
of the goodness and generosity of God. Favor takes ownership of the goodness and the generosity of God. Favor says, you know what? God's goodness, God is generous, and all, all of us in this room, if, if, you, if you're following the Lord, you, none of us, I don't think, would disagree with that statement, but only some of us own it. All of us believe that God is good. How many of you believe that God is good, amen? All of us believe that God is generous, but only some of us own it. Only some of us operate in that. And, and, and as, a, as, a, as we look at this passage, I believe that we're gonna receive the, the keys to really understanding how to walk in this. So let's, let's look at this. The first thing that I wanna point out is that favor is a disposition and an identity. Favor is a disposition and identity. Look at this. One day when she came to Othniel, she urged, um, she urged him to ask her father for a field. When she got off her donkey, Caleb asked her, what can I do for you? Now, I just love this story, by the way. There's a lot of little details in this story that maybe you don't necessarily uh, pick up right at first, but as I was studying this passage, and uh, for those of you who are married, um, you can imagine the dynamic that's going on here. Othniel has just been married. So they're like headed to their honeymoon, right? And Oxus says, hey, you know, we got a desert for a wedding gift. You know that, right? <laughs> and Othniel's like, yeah, and I was pretty happy about that desert that I fought for, and you, you know. And Oxus is like, yeah, yeah, I know, but have you ever lived in a desert? Don't you remember the 40 years that we were wandering in the desert? Wouldn't it be nice to have a swimming pool? Wouldn't it be nice to be able to like, you know, get some water every once in a while? Let the kids experience the, like a, a stream somewhere. Don't, come on. Can, and, and Othniel's like, oh, man. I, you know, and she's like, listen, how about just go and ask my dad? He won't mind. You can just imagine Othniel's like, you want me to go and talk to Caleb? The guy that just conquered three cities full of giants? And ask him, after I already got his daughter and a town, you want me to ask him for more? You're crazy, woman. That's what's going through his mind, I'm sure. And he's like, man, this marriage thing, I don't know about this. This is crazy, you know? Like, this isn't what I was expecting. And, and Ox is like, this guy doesn't get it. This guy doesn't get it. So they're going, and he's like, don't you do it. Do not do it. You know, I'm just imagining. I, this is a little, I'm reading in between the lines, okay? This is the, this is the, the, New David-inspired version, I don't know. It's like the, the, this is not in the Bible, okay? I'm just imagining, all right? But this is, can you just imagine? He's like, don't you do it. And then she gets off the donkey, and he's oh, no. You see, because getting off of the donkey was a symbol in that culture. It was a symbol that I, I'm stopping things. 
I'm stopping things and I'm about to make a request. And so Aksa understood something that Othniel didn't understand. You see, Othniel was operating under the understanding, well, I've got to work for things. I've got to work for things, and if I don't work for it, then I can't get it. But, but Aksa had a different perspective because Aksa was a daughter. Othniel was new at that whole son thing. Aksa uh, said, no, no, I, I, I know my dad. Here's an amazing part about this passage. You know, Caleb, he had more vision for Othniel than Othniel had for his own life. Caleb saw in Othniel someone who was going to be a conqueror. You know, I, I, can, I, I, know, I, I understand the dynamics here because he's saying, uh, you know, uh, and you know, now I have a daughter. My daughter is uh, four years old. I did have to think about it for a second. I'm sorry. I just, they grow fast. But the, um, the, my daughter's four years old, but I'm already thinking about the person that's going to marry her. And I want someone who's going to be fruitful. I want someone who's willing to take over a town. I want someone who's willing to go and do those things. And Caleb, he wanted the same thing, and so he gave an opportunity, and he says, let me provide a way for for someone who has faith in their heart to believe that God will bless them, that God will give them what he's promised. Let me find someone like that, and so I'm gonna put this opportunity out there, and if someone's willing to take over this town, they'll be worthy of my daughter. And so he said, Caleb really had vision for Othniel's life. He says, I believe that this man is going to be fruitful. Othniel, he wasn't quite operating in his sonship. But see, Aksa understood what favor was. Look at what favor, let's look at the definition of favor. Favor is an act of kindness beyond what is due or usual. It's an act of kindness beyond what's due or usual. And, and you know, I, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but no one understands favor like a child. Nobody. Nobody understands favor like, like, like a child. Because when you grow up, you, you learn that you have to work for things in life. And that's, and that's good, and that's important. It's an important principle of life. I'm not uh, degrading that in any sort of way. But, you know, there are times in life where... It's not about what you're working for. It's about who you know. I mean, let's just be honest. You don't have the blessings that you have because you worked hard enough for it. You have the blessings in your life because of who you know. And so, Aksa was operating saying, I know my dad. You know, kids, kids are funny. Uh, kids... Kids will ask for anything. You know what I'm saying? Kids, kids will ask for anything. Kids will say, Dad, can we go to Disney World tomorrow? It's like, do you know how much Disneyland tickets cost? But they don't care that they're in Chicago. Tomorrow, Dad, let's go. You don't have anything going on. Come on, let's do it, you know? 
Disneyland tomorrow. That's the way that a kid operates. Why? There's no hindrances. Dad, you could do that. Why not? That's how a child operates. And you know, there's certain mentalities that we, that we get throughout our life, and a lot of those mentalities are not healthy. Sometimes we, we grew up in, in an environment where things were not necessarily, there wasn't, there wasn't a, uh, a generous spirit. Maybe you grew up in, in the, the, the household, the culture that you grew up in was a stingy culture, was a, was a culture where uh, you, you did have to work for things and things weren't just given to you. And, and um, you, you had to, you had to uh, really um, uh, earn even love in your own household. And maybe that's how you grew up, but God, he wants to change the way that we look at our relationship with him because that's not how it is with God. Favor, it just, it says the goodness and the, the generosity of God, that's mine. I own that. I own the goodness and generosity of God. You know, when... Um, it would be strange for a child to say, Mom, is it okay if we have dinner tonight? What does a child ask? Mom, what's for dinner? There's an assumption there. And in this case, that's okay. It's okay to ask your mom, hey mom, what's for dinner? After, of course, you give her a hug and say, I love you. Mom, what's for dinner? What are we eating tonight? When we come to God, we don't have to ask if there's dinner. We can say, God, what do you have in store for me? What do you have in store? Listen to this verse. This is so incredible. Ephesians 1.3 says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Look at the words in there. Who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Okay, let's just have a moment of honesty here. When you read the Bible, sometimes you come to a passage and you have no idea how big it is. This is one of those verses I don't, there's no one in the room today that has a full understanding of how amazing this verse is. And you know, there's a beauty to that because uh, I, I heard once a, a man of God say that faith explores what revelation reveals. Faith explores what revelation reveals. And what that means is when God says, hey, you have every spiritual blessing He's giving us an invitation to explore how amazing that is. He's giving us an invitation to say, why don't you take a step out into the spiritual realm and see how much blessing you have? Because if there's a blessing, you have it. There's something so immense about that. There's something so beautiful about that that we could say, God, all of the blessing of heaven all of the spiritual blessings, you purchased that for me on the cross. 
I am, I am operating in something that I totally don't deserve, something that is way out of my league, something that is outside of my work, something that is outside of my gifting, something that is outside of everything that I deserve. I'm operating in the spiritual gifting that comes from heaven. Every single blessing, it's unbelievable. You know, sometimes we can say that we know who we are when we say, well, I'm a child of God. Because I believe that the secret to this is really becoming a child again. It's really becoming a child again. You know, Jesus taught about that. He says, look at the faith of a child. That's the kind of faith that I want you to have. We have to become like kids again. And it's easy to say, yes, I'm a son, I'm a daughter of God. But you know, the real, the real test, if you really understand this, is what you're willing to ask for. Look at this. Favor asks until it gets awkward. <laughs> you ever been there before? You ever been in that moment where you're with someone and they ask something and you go, ooh, and you just like turn red and you're just like, I can't believe they just asked for that. So I grew up in a household. My dad, he, he had the gift of favor uh, and, and a real ownership of it. And uh, my dad just believed. He walked around with the belief that people really want to bless him, and they did. And it was amazing because I remember we would walk into a place and, you know, looking for a vehicle or whatever it might be, and he would talk to them and he'd say, you know, uh, this is what's going on and da-da-da-da, and, and lo and behold, they'd give, him, they'd give it to him at cost. And I'm like, you just asked for that. And he's like, yeah, why not? People love to give deals. I don't understand this. Like, and I would turn red and I'd just be like, oh my goodness, dad, you're embarrassing me. You know, it's like, I can't believe you just asked for that. But my dad, he just, he just had a, he, 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 and he still does, still today. Still today, I get embarrassed sometimes. I go places, I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you just asked for that. Because, but you know what? I need to learn that. I need to get that. Because he's not afraid to ask. And, and, and so, He's, he's willing to do all these things. So, you know, I, I love this passage because she stopped the whole caravan. She got off her donkey. She put her dad on the spot. You know, imagine everyone's like waving goodbye. We'll see you later. Enjoy your honeymoon and your new life in the desert. And it's like everyone, and she's like, hold on. Stop this. Stops the caravan. Gets off the camel. In front of everybody, husband included, you know, I'm sure he's like, oh, we're going to talk about this later, you know. <laughs> she gets off. She says, Dad, you gave me this. Can you, I just, I want springs too. And Caleb's like, of course. You're my daughter. Of course. Yeah, sure. You want springs? Sure. You want me to go conquer another, another town that's full of giants? You want me to do that? Okay, I'll do that for you. You want, you want springs? Well, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, 
you can kind of, sometimes maybe we even have like some baggage. And so we look at Oxa, we can say, oh, she's so spoiled. She's just got this mentality like, oh, that she's just, you know, she's just walking around with a, an entitlement. But you know, the difference between entitlement and walking in favor is that entitlement assumes I get it because I deserve it, whereas favor presumes I get it because God is generous. Hallelujah. God, we don't deserve anything. We don't deserve anything. We don't deserve the air we're breathing. But God, he doesn't want us to walk around thinking that he's poor. He doesn't want us to walk around thinking we're not blessed because of something that we did in the past. He doesn't want us to walk around thinking about all sorts of things. You know, I was talking to a couple a while back and they made some mistakes. And they were, um, they were, uh, they were in a wedding, you know, and um, they were in this wedding and they looked at the, the, the wedding and they said, you know, we were disappointed because we knew, you know what, that couple, they, they did everything right and we didn't do everything right. And I said to him, I said, no. I said, because Jesus has washed you, you did everything right. You're gonna have the same wedding as they did. Because when you walk, it's not saying, well, I deserve this or I, this belongs to me, but you're walking and you're saying, no, no. God, when he makes us new, he makes us completely new. And when God blesses us, he blesses us abundantly. And it's not a small thing. It's not a big deal for God to bless us abundantly. It's really not hard for him. He loves to do it and it's in his heart. Look at this passage, and I have, to, I have to move quickly here, but Matthew 20, verse 20 through 23, look at this. Then the mother of Zebedee's son came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want? He asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Jesus said, you don't know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. Okay, so we look at this story and we say, oh, see, you can't just ask for anything. See, look, Jesus turned them down, right? But I, I want to, I want to carefully look at how Jesus answered this question. Because if we're not careful, we could read this passage and we could say, man, I don't ever want to do that. Heaven forbid that I ask for too much. I mean, look, the other disciples, they scolded them. They said, how could you possibly, if you read in the story, it says, how could you possibly ask for that? The other disciples were mad at them. And they said, come on, you can't ask for that. What were you thinking? Who do you think you are? But that's not what Jesus said. You see, 
Jesus, Jesus, he'll correct our motives and exceed our understanding, but he will not shrink our requests. He won't. Sometimes our motives are off. You know, that's a part of just learning the faith walk. Sometimes your motives are off and you didn't know it, but they are. And then we just have to go back to God and we gotta say, okay, God, you gotta just keep that fire going so that you can burn stuff out so that when I ask, it's, it's, it's on, it's not off. But God doesn't ever just say, you know what? That request is too big. Or, you know, I can't believe that you asked for that. Jesus did not say that. He says, you know what? That one's not for me to grant. But he didn't shut him down. He didn't say, oh, you know, how dare you ask that? Who do you think you are? Sit at my right and my left. I mean, can you think of something bigger to ask for? <laughs> That's bold. And they sent their mom to do it. <laughs> I mean. But Jesus, he said, I, 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 I think, this is, this is me speaking, not the Lord, but I think that when, when Jesus got that request, there was probably a smile on his face, and he's like, you know, they get it. There's something that they get. They're off. <laughs> but they get it. Ask anything in my name, and I'll do it for you. Hallelujah. If you only ask for things that you already know how to get, then what's the point? Why are you asking? See, many of us have received God's blessing on our life, but our hearts were made to want more, and we've not seen the fullness of what God is going to do in our lives. Everyone, I believe, there's a little bit of heaven that we all want to see in our life. And here's the deal. Favor ex expects supernatural abundance. Favor expects it. Here's the deal. They were given a desert, and the desert was something that was a blessing to them. And I believe that today, all of us have been given deserts. There's deserts in your life. And you might have looked at the desert and you might have said, that is not a blessing. That's something that's hard. It has death in it. It has all sorts of problems in it. But God is waiting for you to ask for the supernatural abundance of a spring. He's saying, I gave you a desert, but I want that desert to be full of life. And I want it to be full of fruitfulness. Come on, let's stand together. Today, we're going to pray for two things. We don't have a lot of time, but I, I want to pray, and I believe that God is going to do this. Today, I want to pray for each and every one of us individually that we would operate with the heart of a child. Today, some of you are here. You're in this place you've been walking around like an orphan not a child you have the spirit of an orphan that's always concerned that there's not going to be enough that there's not enough in God's house that there's not enough room for you to grow 
that there's not enough grace for you to get over what you've got, that there's not enough resources to do what God has called you to do, that there's not enough of whatever it is that you need from heaven. But Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says that we have been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Hallelujah. The Bible says, the Bible says you are a child of God. Just close your eyes and lift up your hands right now. I want us to pray this. I want us to pray. I want you to pray for yourself right now. All of us, I want us to pray. If you say, you know what? I've been operating as an orphan. I just want you to repent of that and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm not an orphan. I'm a child. And I want to pray, God, change our perspective so that we operate as a child. Come on, pray for yourself right now. Just talk to the Father. Talk to your dad. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Grab the hand of the person next to you. Grab the hand of the person next to you. I want you to pray to the right and to the left. Give them the spirit of a child. Give us the spirit of a child that expects the favor of God. Give us the spirit of a child that expects the favor of God. Hallelujah. Oh, open up the doors of faith, oh God. Open up the doors, oh Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're your children, oh God. God, we just pray, oh God, right now. We ask, oh God, give us the heart of a child that's willing to ask for anything, oh God. Willing to ask for anything, oh God. May we not be, oh God, Lord, hindered. May we be full of faith, full of hope, oh God. Ready to receive all that you have, oh God. Hallelujah, Lord. Change mindsets. May we have an expectancy that you're going to provide for us, oh God. Those who are in financial burden and challenge, may they have an expectancy that you will provide every need that they have, oh God. For those, oh Lord, who have a ministry need, oh God, Lord, you need to give them new gifts, new grace, oh God. Release it in the name of Jesus. Release it in the name of Jesus. New faith, oh God, for old problems, oh God. Breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to pray for one more thing. We're almost done. I want to pray for one more thing. I believe that God has placed us corporately in a desert. Right here on Belmont and Cicero, God has placed us in a desert. And I believe that when we as his people ask, we will receive. We've already seen God do so many amazing miracles, but God has more in store. God wants to do more. He wants to take us to new heights. And I believe that it's in every single individual here that he wants to bring new revival in your life. He wants to give you new spiritual blessings to operate in. He wants to give you rain on the places that were deserts. He wants to bring new life, supernatural life to the places that you thought were dead, that only produced death. But God, he wants to bring about fruit. He wants to bring about righteousness in you. So this is what 
we're going to do. We're going to pray, God, make this a place of springs in the middle of the desert. Make us a spring in the middle of the desert. Come on, let's pray together. Hallelujah. We want you to do it, oh God. We want you to do it, Lord. Hallelujah. Make it a place of springs, oh God. Make it a place of springs, Lord. salvation of God flow in the streets of Chicago. So God, we pray, may this be a spring in the middle of a desert, oh God. And may people know that the supernatural abundance and power of God resides in our lives and in this place, oh God. We love you, oh God. Bless us as we go. We give you honor and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Come